Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who also got to see Creed 3 this weekend, Brand Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well, and Creed was really good. I very much enjoyed Creed. If uh, if anyone wants to watch just a solid movie, I would see it. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. We talked a lot last night about our thoughts on it. Um, and, you know, to speak on movies, we might have some cooking up a little bit uh, on our end, uh, you know, movie-wise, but you guys, you know, just have to wait and see about that. But look, Trevor, I missed last week, and that's unfortunate. I was sad about that, but I am back this week, um, and we, we have a, a, a nice segment towards the end, um, which will be really, really fun. You guys will probably already see in the title, we are doing our quarterback, you know, postseason quarterback rankings, just like we did last year, uh, which will be really, really fun. But before we get into that, of course, I gotta introduce the third member of this podcast. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? You know, Brennan, I just... I want to make a point clear. I, I think it's actually more unfortunate that you're that you're back this week, as opposed to it being unfortunate, mm, like you said, that right. you weren't here last week. I mean, that's not my decision to make. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I think I think yeah. we'll let we'll let the the listeners uh, uh, judge that and, and give give their opinion. But I, I'm assuming, and I, I I think it's a pretty fair assumption of what their opinions would be um, on that situation. But that's just me. What do I know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair for you to think. For others, I mean, no one thinks that, uh, obviously. So, you know, this I'm just going to throw that opinion away. Uh, but it is unfortunate for me. You know, I like being on the podcast. I like podcasting. Um, so let's let's get right into it uh, today, Trevor. We got, you know, a little bit to talk about here uh, before we get into our quarterback ratings. Let's, of course, start in college basketball. We are wrapping up uh, the, the college basketball regular season, uh, getting towards March Madness where we're entering – um, some of the major conference tournaments, some even some current tournaments have already finished up. Um, so, you know, where, where are we starting in college basketball today? Yeah, so I think we should start off with some of the best games of the week, particularly some of the best games we had yesterday, because as always, uh, you know, some of these Saturdays, once we get into like, like after college football season's over, we get January, February, that's when like college football or college basketball kind of owns the Saturday, you know, they're always like, well, besides the NFL playoffs, obviously, you know, but especially once NFL is over, we get into February um, into early March here. We have so many good Saturdays with, you know, a great slate of games. And we had another pretty good one yesterday. Um, I guess the first game I want to talk about is uh, Miami beating Pittsburgh 78-76 to yesterday. Miami ranked 16th in the country. Pittsburgh ranked 25th. And this game had a lot of significance because um, the winner um, would basically earn a share of the ACC regular season uh, title. Um, they would own that share with Virginia, uh, the Cavaliers, who also, you know, have this share with Miami. And it, it was a big win for Miami. You know, Pittsburgh had a really good opportunity. They've been definitely a surprise this season. I mean, Pittsburgh, historically, as of late, has not been a very good program. But this season, they've, you know, had a good season um, before losing their last two games, which unfortunately means that Pittsburgh will not be sharing um, the ACC title. But big win for Miami here. Um you know, uh, they stormed the court, Ben. I, I know. I don't know if you feel I was going to ask. I was going to ask. It was we have an official an analysis? Title, but, uh, yeah, so you know. Can not, you explain the upset. circumstances? Explain the circumstances, Ben, because I, I really want an official analysis on this. You want, I don't know like, the circumstances. I, 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 I don't know the situation. So, what was the situation? So, it's Miami is number 16. Pittsburgh is number 25. It's at Miami. So, they're a right, higher ranked team. So, but Im- immediately it's won, already a no. I don't care no, if they hold won on, a regular season hold on. conference championship. Whoever won, I don't won care. the ACC. They want to share, share the ACC. ACC. They don't even win it outright. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. A it's share. stupid. 
but again, it's Miami. Last time Miami won the share. That's what I'm saying. ACC. Like it's it's Miami. They don't really they're not really great in any sports. So I, I guess good for them. But no, I mean I think most people would assume that that's a ridiculous reason to storm a court. It's embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> so you think no, definitely can't do that. No, yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody would say yes. I don't know how you can possibly justify that. It's ridiculous. Plus, they probably had like I don't know four thousand people in that in attendance anyway. Who goes to a Miami basketball game? No one goes. Nobody goes to their football games. No, there's no way anybody goes. I can to have. Would you like to know the official attendance? The official attendance. Uh, first, is I want to know. Capacity, first, first, I want to know. Hold on. First, I want to know how many seats the building holds. That's around eight thousand. It looks like. Okay, so I'm gonna guess five thousand people there. Well, it, it was. It sold out. It all. Everyone. Really. All the seats Good for them. Okay, first time yeah. ever. They probably sold about. It was for a share I mean, of the, the ACC title. I mean, Duke and North Carolina have been running, and Virginia have been running the conference for twenty years. I. So you're justifying this? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's embarrassing. I, they were I supposed don't to hate win. It. They're the better I team. I don't hate it. They're the better team. They're supposed to win. They were favored. But it was, They're it celebrating was the, an like, expected outcome. The game outcome. meant a lot because if they lost, they didn't get the, they didn't get that share. If they won, they, they won. Yeah, but it's but like, a regular you know, it's kind season of title. Regular season, season titles don't mean anything. They don't get you anything. Well, Trevor, Trevor, let's let's say this. Let's say this. That, uh, what, our, what, they, what they just draft, accomplished. They what they just accomplished was they guaranteed themselves an NIT berth. That's the only thing that a regular season con- title gets you in <laughs> They're definitely basketball. making the tournament. I'm aware, but I'm saying it, do- it, do- it, doesn't, it doesn't guarantee you anything other than a one or two seed in their conference tournament, and they could make the NIT if they want. They can go, they can go the NIT if they want to. Regular season so, ter- conference championships don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. I think this is reasonable. So, Trevor, this decision's going to go to you. If we can get two votes for reasonable, I think we can overturn Ben here. What do you think? I'm somewhere in between you guys because— I certainly think, even if it's a share, conference, the regular season conference, it matters. It, it does matter for the Especially program. Especially for Miami. It's a good thing for Miami to, you know, having the season they've had, one of their best seasons in quite a while, I think it does mean a lot. However, when it comes to court stormings, I mean, they're, it, they should be, it should be a rare thing. It, sh- it really should. It should be a rare thing. And I think when you're a favorite and you win a game against another ranked team, even if it's a share, even if it's a close game, I don't really think it's justified. I think this is a situation where you go to the locker room, you know, you you celebrate in the locker room with your coach. The coach comes in. You have the water bottles. You're throwing the water on the coach. You're you're dancing a little bit. That's all fine. The court storming, I don't know. I, I don't really like it. I think it should be more of a rare occasion. So it, it seems like we cannot overturn the, the almighty Ben O'Brien opinion on this one, uh, which is okay. I didn't get my way this time, but... Um, I do understand the other point. I do. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely uh, a great thing for Miami. Great thing for their program. Obviously, uh, we'll have to see how you know the AC tournament goes. That'll be super interesting. Uh, a couple of other storylines, um, or a couple other games, I guess I should mention. We had UCLA beating Arizona. Big game again. These are the two best teams in the Pac-12, and UCLA won this game, eighty-two seventy-three. They sweep Arizona. Uh, they beat them, or actually, wait, I think I'm wrong about that. I think Arizona did beat them the first time back in I can check. I got it. Keep on talking. January. Yes, they did. So it wasn't a sweep. But nevertheless, UCLA has been on quite a run now. They finished 18-2 in the Pac-12, 27-4 overall. They have a really good case for a one seed. And their lead over Arizona in the Pac-12 is actually four games. They they finished four games ahead of Arizona. Um, Arizona had, had a little bit of a tough stretch to kind of end the season. Um, and UCLA kind of cemented themselves, I think, is pretty clearly the, the best team in the Pac-12, even though I do still think Arizona is really solid. 
But UCLA, they're an elite team. I think if we're talking about the best teams in the country, I think, you know, you still got to put Houston there. You look at their record. They're number one in the country. Houston's obviously one of the top teams. I think UCLA is right there with them based on how they've been playing lately, um, the talent they have on this team. Mick Cronin's done a wonderful job uh, coaching this team, obviously, the past few years. I think UCLA's right there with them. Outside of those two teams, I think you can never count out Kansas. They've been really solid, uh, reliable. Bill Self, to me, is the best coach in college basketball currently. Um, so you can't, and obviously they're the reigning national champions. So Kansas in the mix. And then the the fourth team you can consider is Alabama. Now, obviously, we know about all the, the off-court stuff with Alabama. So uh, I, I, I definitely don't think I would ever pick Alabama to win the national championship. I don't think I, yeah, I wouldn't. But... They are, based on how they've been playing, even though they did lose yesterday, I think, at the very least, the fourth best team in the country. So I think that's kind of who we have at the top right now. Um, Other games we have, we had Duke Carolina. Duke, they did complete the sweep against North Carolina. I believe 62-57 was the win um, for Duke there. So big win for Duke, you know, after last year, the way it ended. In March, in the Final Four, it was kind of like, is the rivalry over? North Carolina, they go, they spoil Coach K's final game. They beat him in the Final Four. Is the rivalry over? Well, Duke has now won both games this season. So it's, and Duke is firmly in the tournament. They are, you know, a top, I don't know, top 30 team, something like that. It's top 35. They're firmly in the tournament. UNC might not make the tournament. This was a game they really needed bad. And they didn't get it, and now... You know, their opportunities are far and few between now. They have to make a little bit of a run, I think, in the ACC Conference Tournament, maybe get a big win over a Duke, over a Virginia, over a Miami. They're going to need stuff like that, I think, to get them in the tournament um, because it's looking tough for, you know, UNC. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about this? What do you think about UNC this season, how they've went from, uh, you know, the team that had this huge run in the NCAA Tournament last year, made the championship game, and now... They're a bubble team. What, what do you think about that? Well, uh, maybe I'm crazy. Wasn't North Carolina ranked number one at the beginning of the year? They were. You are absolutely correct. So I wonder, this would be a great trivia question, if anyone wants to tweet at us, when was the last time the number one ranked team at the start of the season didn't make the tournament? That would be very interesting if we got that that number. Has, has North Carolina had like a ton of injuries, or was it just they just didn't play that well? They haven't played that well. I mean, you know, you have the Caleb Love experience of him taking a lot of bad shots. Last year, a lot of them are going in during that run in the tournament. This year, they're not going in. That's part of it. Um, You know, Armando Baycott, he's supposed to be the, I guess, the best player in theory. He's supposed to be the guy that's kind of dominating the paint. I think he was like a preseason All-American guy, and he hasn't played up to the standard, you know. And then you can go through some of the other players. Like, they lost Brady Manick last year. They replaced him with Pete Nance, who hasn't exactly been a good replacement at all, really. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of factors going on, and Carolina's just really underperformed. Yeah, I mean, unfortunate for them, for sure. Um, not not the greatest uh, going on over there at Chapel Hill. So uh, it would be very interesting. I, I really want to know that trivia question. If anyone can tweet at us that answer, that'd be really awesome um, to know. Trevor, any other college basketball topics you want to touch on here uh, before we move on? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple other games I could talk about, but I think I want to uh, mention the... So we had two auto bids yesterday. Yes. Two conference two tournaments. Um, we had the Ohio Valley, which historically has been uh, dominated by Belmont, usually. Belmont is no longer in the OVC, so kind of, I guess, opened it up for some other teams. And Southeast 
Southeast Missouri State um, won the title, which was a little bit of a surprise to me because I think they were the fifth seed in this tournament. The best team throughout the regular season was Moorhead State. They were the team that was kind of supposed to win the OVC. Southeast Missouri State upset them in the uh, semis. And then last night, they won the championship. And I believe this was a really good game, actually. Um, a game that came down, I think it went to overtime. There was a buzzer beater that I believe Tennessee Tech made. Um, so I would encourage everyone um, to kind of go, maybe go look at the highlights of that game because it was really fun, really good ending. And Southeast Missouri State, a team who I think last year was like pretty terrible. I think this is a program that's really never been good. I, I can't recall them ever being in the tournament off the top of my head. So for them to make the tournament here, this is big for them. Um, another conference, the NEC, Farley Dickinson, um, they won their conference. Well, they won a, so this is interesting because in the NEC, there's a team by the name of Merrimack. Merrimack previously was a Division II team. They got promoted to Division One. I. I think it was last season. So I think this is their second year, maybe. And it's either their second year or their third year in D1. And Merrimack is playing Farley Dickinson in the championship game. Um, I think it's either like Monday or Tuesday. However... Merrimack is not eligible to make the NCAA tournament because there is a rule that stipulates that if you, you know, you get basically pr promoted, it's not the right word, but you go from D2 to D1, you, within four years, you cannot make the tournament. Even if you're the best team, even if you win your conference tournament and you're Merrimack, they're not eligible, which I think is kind of dumb. I don't understand it, but Merrimack can't make the tournament. So Farley Dickinson, regardless of how that championship game goes... Um, is automatically in the tournament. So those are the two auto bids. The first ones we have, we have three championship games today. We have the Big South title, the Missouri Valley, and the Atlantic Sun. So going to be interesting. Obviously, this is kind of, you know, champ week. It's underway throughout the entire week through next Sunday. We'll have tons of championship games. And then on Sunday is, you know, when the selection show happens, we get to see the bracket. So it's going to be very interesting to see. The only other thing that I didn't write down um, on our note, Brandon, but I have to mention it, is Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy. Oh, yes. He's going it's after. Important. He had a chance to break Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record. Um, I don't have the, the number in front of me, but I know that he they played Youngstown State in, I think, the quarterfinals of the Horizon title, and he needed 25 points to tie Pete Maravich in 26 to obviously break it. He had 22 in the game. Um, and theoretically, although we don't know for sure, this eliminated Detroit Mercy because they're not a very good team. They're like, I think they're like 14 and 19. But Antoine Davis has been, you know, putting up points consistently for them over his five-year career because of the, the COVID year. He's had five years, whereas Pete Maravich only had three, I believe averaged like 44 points per game in his three years at LSU. But that is notable that he he came close. He is three points below Pete Maravich. Now, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I got to tell you guys, this is interesting and, to me, honestly, just kind of annoying. Um, there are, as we know, other tournaments other than the NCAA tournament. There's the NIT. Uh, there's the CBI. And I believe there's one other one that, like, you know, teams get invited to. And potentially, Detroit Mercy could get invited to either the CBI or one of the other tournaments. It wouldn't, wouldn't be the NIT, definitely not the NIT, but maybe the CBI or one of the other ones, which if that happens, he'd get another shot and he'd only need four points to break Pete Maravich's record, which is kind of outrageous. Um, but Ben, I, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think about that? 
I think Detroit Mercy should accept any invitation they get. Like, like you said, like 100%. even if it's for like just the dumbest tournament ever that you, no one's ever heard of, if it's an official NCAA game, they should do it, just with the sole purpose of getting him four points or whatever he needs. Because um, it is crazy, and again, like that's one of those things. Like, you're so close to a record that has stood for so long, and you're three points away. Like, that's insane to think um, that anyone is is close is close to beating you know Pistol Pete's record. Because, like you said, Trevor, I mean, he is well known as I don't know a top three college basketball player of all time, averaging forty something points a game is ridiculous. Um, and again, the fact that he did it in three years is is absolutely insane. So yeah, I mean, I, I it's crazy, Trevor. You sent this to us a couple of days ago. I had no idea. I've never heard of this dude. I had no idea that somebody was top two in NCAA scoring all the time. No, never heard of him. Uh, I I could not believe that that I that this was not a bigger story. Um, so yeah, I think I I hope he does get to play one more game. I think it'd be cool to see. Um, now again. I'm not discrediting it. It's still amazing, but he did do it in five years. No one else in the top whatever twenty has done it in, in more than four. Um, but it's still it's still insane. You still have to average a bunch of points a bunch of points over a long period of time. So um, I hope he gets it. I, I think I think it'd be really cool. It'd be it'd be such a such a shame and like something that he he will always think about if he if he is is truly done and he's just three points three points shy of um, you know one of the the longest lasting records in in college basketball history. Yeah. I, I must say I, I and I thought you would I thought you would say I have the same opinion, Ben. I don't want him to break it. I don't want them. Well, to okay, break Trevor. It. I was I was about <laughs> to say that. I was thinking yeah. that it is much better for college basketball to have a a prestigious name like Pete Maravich at the top of that list. I agree, but I I was gonna say that, Trevor. But I felt like that made me sound like like super negative. <laughs> a boomer. Yeah, yeah. No, it just like it, it makes me sound like like I'm complaining about an accomplishment that is. It, it, I'm happy for him, but right, yeah, right. I agree. I, I think Pistol Pete being at the top of that list is better for college basketball in general. Yeah. Especially because it would be in a game that no one's going to watch or even think about. And yeah. like if that happens, he'll just be like a trivia question. Like, you know, he could be on Jeopardy, like it could be Jeopardy or whatever, some game show. Who is the all-time college basketball scoring leader? And it would be like a it goes from I mean, I I knew the answer was Pete Maravich. Like it, it's kind of like a yeah. an answer that I think really any college most college basketball fans know that it's Pete Maravich. If it's Antoine Davis, no one's gonna know. Only like the super diehards that maybe happen to know it. But it's it's a much harder like trivia question, which I guess is interesting. But it's just I don't know, kind of unfortunate. <laughs> yeah i I hope he does break it. I don't like this boomer mentality. I want the record broken. <laughs> I'm I'm down with it. Um, right. Two two more things I'll, or one more thing I want to mention. Really important here. Small baller podcast bracket challenge is back. We are doing it this year. Um, and you know two things. This is two prong. Two things to say about this. Number one, the link will be in the description. Go submit. You know your I guess sign up because you can't submit an entry quite yet. Um, we got the uh the the bracket reading is coming on Sunday. Um, which will be very, very fun. And then the bracket I, reading. Have you never watched bracket, college basketball? Uh, I, I couldn't think of the word. What's the selection word? Show. Selection Sunday. Selection show. Thank you. Come on. After dude. the selection show, that early week, we are going to have a bonus episode coming out going through the entire bracket, uh, which will be really, really fun. So stay tuned for that. I know I'm excited. Trevor, I'm sure you're pumped for that. This will be the first time we've ever done something like this. Um, so I'm sure you'll be really excited for that. Um, and it'll be really, really fun. Uh, but I think we'll we'll exit college basketball here, walk on over to professional basketball, go to the NBA. Um, Trevor, we've had some interesting NBA storylines this week. I don't know where you want to start, but there's obviously one glooming one that we'll, we'll talk about here in a second. 
Yeah, I, I think we should start off with it. I think we got to start off with, you know, all the news about John Morant that's been going on lately. Um, the biggest or the most recent one being that he was seen in on his IG live. He posted a video of him uh, with a gun. Um, I don't know why he did it. I have no idea. Like to post on your own IG live. Uh, it's just I don't know, mind boggling. Um, he had that he had that thing. There's been a number of other you know storylines. I, I don't know all the details of the other ones. But that happened, and it's you know another addition um, to to this thing of like you know John Morant kind of just not not making smart decisions ultimately, like like having this circle of friends around him that don't really seem to be great influences, um, and ultimately again because you can't just like a lot of people. There's been a lot of like discussion of like oh like it's his friends' fault. They need to like he like you know find better friends. They're bad influences. But at some point, like, Jaws also got to take responsibility, too. It's not like he's, like, a kid. He's not 17. I think he's, like, 22, 23. He's, like, our age almost. So he's got to he, – he has to take responsibility, too, for this, right? Like, you got to be smarter. You got to know better. And ultimately, like, if those friends are bad influences on you, you know, you, you can't let your friends jeopardize your whole career. Like, you can't – you have to get a better circle um, you know, we know all about the saying of like, keep your circle small or like, especially like, I guess as you get older, I don't know, but I, I think John Morant's really got to, and, and hopefully this is happening now, right? Like hopefully, you know, his, his parents are talking to him. He has other people in his life. Um, I don't know, mentors, whoever is in his life is kind of like sitting him down, sitting him down and telling him like, Hey, like you are going to like ruin, you know, not, not his basketball career because I mean, regardless, he's going to play basketball, but like, Nike as a sponsor and all of the other potentially opportunities he can have, not not only during his career, but after his career. So I just, it's not smart. Um, not only is it obviously losing money, but just in general, I think it's not good. Um, and I think that hopefully um, this turns around. Hopefully we don't see anything else like this. Um, he just like deactivated social medias. It's probably for the best. And, and I just hope this turns around, um, you know, with the Grizzlies in general, they've kind of become more of like a villain in a sense in the NBA, not just because of the John Morant stuff, but we have um, this, you know, kind of the persona of like the Grizzlies kind of almost want themselves to be seems like seemed like the villains, all the trash talk. Obviously, Dylan Brooks has had a ton of antics um, last year when he had the flagrant foul on uh, Gary Payton that basically injured Gary Payton for the rest of that Warriors playoff run. There's, there's a lot of stuff with the Grizzlies over the past year now um, where this has happened. And it's it's just kind of unfortunate because last year I was really rooting for the Grizzlies. I liked them a lot. Even coming into this year, I still liked them. I still thought not only that they were a really good team that had a chance to win a championship, but even more than that, just like I kind of rooted for them and I wanted to see them do well because I liked, you know, the way they played. Um, I liked all the young talent that they had. And, you know, uh, that's really the, the summary is that it just kind of sucks. And I hope it turns around, I guess. Um, Brandon, uh, do you, you have any uh, thoughts on kind of this Grizzly situation or John Morant? Yeah, I mean, the John Morant stuff's really unfortunate. I, I really hope someone in his, you know, his team, his corner can can get it together a little bit. And hopefully, you know, lead him in the right direction because he's such an excellent player and he's really fun to watch. He's such a fun player to watch. So I, I, I hope it gets better from here. Uh, he's definitely had a rough week. This has been a rough, rough week. Um, he's been in the news way too much, probably for his liking. So I, I hope you know for the best for him. Um, in terms of the Grizzlies, they really have turned to like the bad boys of the NBA. You know, they're very, very disliked. 
Uh, and they are a quite good team. I mean, do I think they're going to win, you know, a championship right now? Probably not. But they definitely are, you know, one of the better five, six teams in the NBA. So hopefully they can, you know, you know, fix the screws up a little bit. Um, stop bothering everyone and, 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 you know, just have fun playing basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to a couple, couple segments that are, you know, just like really good things that are happening. Um, obviously the Knicks, I'll, I'll talk about the Knicks a little bit, but I want to talk about Kevin Durant's debut with the Suns. Um, he's played now two games with Phoenix and as Kevin Durant normally does, like regardless of the circumstances, it could be coming off of a, a terrible injury that keeps him sidelined for a year. It could be going to a new team. He comes in and it's like, there's, there's basically no adjustment period. He just like comes in and he's awesome. And that's kind of what happened here with Phoenix. I mean, it's not like he played a ton of minutes in his debut, and it was against the Hornets. Like, I get all that stuff. But immediately, like, he's doing all the stuff that we, we normally see Kevin Durant do. He, he had a good game. He was very efficient. Um, I would pull up the box score if I could. But they won this game 105-91. He had 23 points, 6 rebounds, 10 to 15 from the floor in 27 minutes. It's just like, oh, yep, that's that's Kevin Durant, and this is the Suns team. And they're really good now. And, you know, the final, the next game, they beat the Bulls by 21 points, kind of blew them out. Durant had 20 points, nine rebounds, six assists, seven to 10 from the field. So another really efficient game. And Devin Booker in both these games just kind of went off. He had 35 in that Bulls game. He is playing some of the best basketball of his season. Obviously, he had the injury a little bit earlier in the year before that. He was playing awesome. So this Suns team, they're already looking pretty good. And I think they're going to continue to look better. As I said, when the Durant trade happened, you do worry about the depth a little bit, um, you know, and one injury could kind of make this all crumble down. But when these, you know, you have Durant, Booker, Chris Paul, Aiton on the floor at the same time, they're going to do well and they're going to have a chance to win the championship. So uh, that's going to be interesting to to see, continue to watch them. They played the Dallas Mavericks today, so I'm going to try to watch a little bit of that game. Because uh, that'll be a fun one. Last thing, the Knicks. The Knicks are on an eight-game winning streak. They are fifth in the East, 38-27. and 27. Um, Pretty clearly now fifth in the East. Two games above Brooklyn, four games above my Miami Heat. And they are only a game and a half back from Cleveland for the four seat. So the Knicks, they continue to play well. Jalen Brunson obviously has been phenomenal this year for the Knicks. Julius Randle, he's an all-star. He's maybe an all-NBA guy. He's been fantastic. And, you know, the Knicks are just, they're, they're playing very well with, with some of these guys. You have the other role players, Mitchell Robinson, the center. He's been a good rim protector. I've always kind of liked Mitchell Robinson as a player, but it's fun to see the Knicks. Uh, I think they just beat the Celtics earlier in the, earlier in the week, and they could pose a tough matchup for, for one of these top four teams. Um, you know, you have Milwaukee and Boston, which I think is kind of like the top tier. And I think Philly and Cleveland are, are next up, but the Knicks, if they match up Cleveland in a first-round series, I think they played Cleveland pretty tough this year. So that's certainly not a walk in the park for Cleveland. No guarantee they win that series. That could be an interesting matchup, even if it's Philly in the Knicks. I think that's something that maybe could pose uh, matchup problems for the Philadelphia 76ers. So this Knicks team is looking really good. Um, obviously, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't say that they're gonna like make the finals or even make the conference finals, but if they somehow got you know uh, a series with either Cleveland or Philly and they somehow won it, I don't think I'd be shocked. I, I think it's possible that they could upset Cleveland or Philly in a first round series. So 
they've been a lot of fun to watch. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I had. Uh, ben and Brandon, if either of you guys wanted to you know, talk about the Knicks at all. Obviously, Ben, I think that's kind of your unofficial favorite team in the NBA. Um, sort of, I don't know. Is is that true? He probably your, your hates favorite the Knicks. No, they're my they're my they least favorite team in the NBA. They're my really? least favorite team in the NBA. <laughs> they're the most poorly they're the most poorly ran franchise in the history of sports. They don't have a good. Code. They really shouldn't have drafted Obi. I don't know like what the thought process was there. They they just wanted to see they just wanted to ruin somebody's career. That's that seems like that's what they do. With Tibbs. <clears throat> or I don't know maybe maybe I hire mean... a coach that like knows what he's doing. I shouldn't say that he's a good coach, but I don't know. Hire a coach that likes Obi Toppin. That's what I would do. That's just me personally, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think we'll we'll exit the NBA and go to our quarterback rankings. Uh, we did this segment last year. We did our top twenty-five quarterbacks. We're doing it again. Um. Now I do want to preface. Trevor and I did a little bit different criterias for our rankings. I think it's important that we we say that because. Uh, some of the takes probably on both of ours are pretty wild if you don't know the the uh, the context. Um, so for my criteria, Trevor, I'll let you explain yours. My criteria, I did a fifty percent of how they performed last year, like where they are currently at, and fifty percent of where I think that they could be. So you know, it ex- a good example was like someone like Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady's getting better. And obviously, he's not even going to play. So, you know, he retired. So, like, someone who's older is probably declining. Someone who's younger, like a Justin Fields or a Daniel Jones, they are just starting their careers, hitting their prime. So, you know, they they have, you know, a lot more potential. They probably haven't hit their peak. Or someone, you know, like a a Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, we've seen what they can do. Um, So, you know, last year for Brady Rodgers, that doesn't necessarily define their career for me. So that's kind of half of it. Trevor, what was your criteria? I should actually say this, actually, real quick. I did... One quarterback for every single team, and we're only doing the top 25, so if some quarterbacks didn't make it, those are the ones that are in the bottom seven. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I mean, to sum it up, it, it's really just kind of like, um, who do I feel the best about for one season? Like, like hypothetically, if a new season started right now, like, who am I taking? You know, like, if I have an option of, you know, whoever, like Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, like, who am I taking for this season? It's not like solely based on their statistics of the previous season it's a it's accounting for really all of the factors it's accounting for the stats of last season it's accounting for what even it it could even include a little bit of like what have we seen in the past in the playoffs like just because that factors into trust right and obviously different quarterbacks have different circumstances you know you have some quarterbacks that have really good offensive line really good coaching they have situations that are set really well for them you have other ones that are in bad situations you know so all of those factors were considered and ultimately it's just like, it's kind of a gut feeling of like, after I look at all that, I look at all that first and it's like a gut feeling of like, okay, who would I take? You know? And, and that's kind of how it is. So how we're going to kind of go through this is I, I, before we did this, I put tiers to each of uh, the 25 players. I have six tiers of players. Trevor, I, I know you kind of mentally did some tiers. So maybe you wrote them down. I don't, I don't know which one you did. How many tiers did you end up having? Yeah, so players. looking at my tiers, um, I did, did my tiers disappear? No, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, four. There's, there's essentially like five, to be honest, just okay. because I think like after the top 10, like it's kind of like a big group. Uh, and then maybe, maybe like two big groups after the top 10, but in the top 10, I think there's ways you can separate them a little bit more, I would say. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I do. My sixth tier is small because it kind of goes into the other, you know, seven players that aren't on this list. But my six of my six tiers, they're relatively balanced. My third tier ends at uh, 11. And so it seems like I have 14 for one of them and 11 for the other three tiers. So yeah, mine seem pretty even. But let's start in our first tier. I think our first tier will at least agree here. Um, I only have three players in my first tier. I think there's three players that have put themselves above the rest of the players in the NFL. Um, are we are we in agreement here? I feel like at least our first tier, we'll, we're going to agree. Yeah, so for the audience, yeah, do you, do you want to say you're... Because we have the same top yep. three. Yeah, so we have the same top three in the exact order. I got Mahomes as number one. I think he has fully cemented uh, not only being the best quarterback in the league, but he's going to be the best quarterback in the league for a long time. Uh, it is going to be a long time. Um, number two, so here I think this was, in my opinion a hotter take based on like stuff I've said on the podcast recently too. I talked about after the Bengals beat the Bills, how I was like, no, Josh Allen's still the second best quarterback. I love Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is in the same tier as him, but he is the third option behind Josh Allen. When I was making my rankings the other day and I was going through the stats, I was combing through and I was thinking about who would I rather want between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. For the longest time, I've been telling myself, I'd rather Josh Allen. He has this unique arm talent that we haven't quite seen uh, many other quarterbacks have. Uh, we've seen him have success. And then I really thought about it, and I was like, I think I'd rather take Joe Burrow. I would. Now, I understand if we look at the two circumstances, it's not that Josh Allen doesn't have a good team, but he doesn't have the weapons Joe Burrow does. For sure. I, I think we can we could say that. But let's look at the successes of the two quarterbacks uh, in their careers. Josh Allen has made conference championships, but he hasn't quite gotten over the hump. We've seen Joe Burrow with a lesser team last year get over that hump, make a Super Bowl, obviously an improbable run, they were underdogs, they had some luck on their side for sure. This year, we look at what Joe Burrow did. Their team had some injuries, they were not as good as the Chiefs, and they lost a close game to the Chiefs. Now, did, did Joe play particularly great in that game? No, I wouldn't say he played particularly great, but I realized after looking at this that I would rather have Joe Burrow than Josh Allen, I think he is more consistent. Um, I think that his upside and Josh Allen's upside are relatively similar, but at the point that Joe Burrow's at, so young in his career, he's really only two seasons played, right, Ben? Just last year and this year. Um, you know, he played that rookie year a good amount, but it wasn't a complete season. It wasn't where the team's at now. And we are going to have the Bills that are going to objectively get worse. We have Josh Allen's contract hitting, and they are objectively going to get worse. They are not going to have the same pieces around Josh Allen that they had this year. Where we see Joe Burrow, the next two years, he's going to have the pieces he has. And they have a ton of cap room this year. I see Joe Burrow's ceiling in terms of the team's capabilities being higher. And for that reason, I put Joe Burrow at two. And I, I think it's well explained. Yeah, just just to add to that, because I was obviously thinking about the Burrow and Allen thing. Um, I I was already th- considering putting like the Burrow and Allen thing. I was already considering it before that Bills-Bengals game. After the game, it kind of confirmed what I was starting to think. And, and ultimately, it's kind of like the the way that the play style difference of like Allen, it's kind of like a risk versus reward. And he's going to take different risks. And, you know, he has more arm talent than Joe Burrow, you know, and stuff like that. And that's all like I get that. That's part of it. But at the same time, sometimes for Josh Allen, that results in really bad, you know, plays, uh, really bad performances. And I think Joe Burrow, you know, not that he's without mistakes. He definitely does make mistakes sometimes. But he's is more steady as a quarterback. He's more accurate overall. I mean, you could just look at the completion percentage of this season. I think is a 68, Allen 63. He's more uh, accurate. He's more precise. And overall, I think 
uh, you know, you, you could talk about the, the team success that Burroughs had over Allen. That's, you know, at least part of it. Again, a, a team, it, it's a team. It's not, a you know, all in the quarterback. But I think ultimately the, the accuracy that Burrow has outweighs the arm talent maybe that Josh Allen has. I think Burrow's more steady and thus he got the nod at number two for me. Uh, Mahomes, again, we don't really have to talk much about Mahomes. I think he's pretty clearly number one. I had him number one last year. I have him number one this year. I would have had him number one two years ago probably as well. He's, again, just the way he played this season, I think I think he improved as a quarterback. The way he played in the Super Bowl um, and in that AFC Championship game despite uh, the injuries was really telling, really you know, showing how patient he can be. Um, and despite, you know, the injury, not having that outlet to be a little bit more mobile, he was still awesome and still, uh, you know, almost flawless in that Super Bowl. So he, he's pretty clearly number one. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing between the Burrow and Allen debate, and Ben, you're, you're welcome to intervene here because obviously, you know, Bengals fan. But I think the biggest thing is whether you like taking the risk, if you're going to take between those two players. Trevor, me and you are definitely more like we play it safe type people. And I think between the two, the safer pick is Burrow. You know, if, if, if it's, it's coming down to a last second in the game, like I feel like we saw like with how Burrow played, again, the offensive line was banged up and the Chiefs did a really good job um, getting to the quarterback in that game. But we didn't see Burrow like take that extra step in, in this most recent Chiefs game. And I think that's his like one nitpick in terms of his limitation. However, with the same same token is that we've seen Burrow have more success than Allen. This year was not Allen's top like his pinnacle. His UCL was not hundred percent at all. So I think it's tough to like be like, let's look at this one game and like you know, that's what put it over the edge. Like I, I don't think that's right to say. But if you look at both of their peaks, I think Joe Burrow has shown that he can do more in the end. He's gotten to the Super Bowl that Allen has not gotten to. Um, and that's kind of the big defining thing. Ben, do you want any final thoughts on the Burrow versus Allen talk here? Because obviously this is like one, we've seen Burrow versus Herbert, and I feel like Burrow's definitely outgrown that argument for sure. And now it's kind of Burrow versus Allen, which is definitely more of an argument, I think, in my opinion. Do you have any anything you want to comment on, or do you feel like we kind of covered it pretty good? I mean, I think it's a it's a fair argument. I, I wouldn't be offended if, if you put Allen ahead of Burrow. Um, I mean, in my opinion, obviously I'm very biased, but Josh Allen's a more talented quarterback. I'm not arguing that. Um, but when you're at that level of quarterback in the NFL, everyone's talented. Joe Burrow has talent. Everyone has talent. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. what's what's more important than than the talent because everyone has it is 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 you know what's what's above the shoulders. And I think Joe Burrow is, if not the smartest, one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and obviously, we've seen that with the decision making compared to Josh Allen. So um, that's why I would say he's better than Josh Allen. Again, he's not more talented, but Joe Burrow is talented enough to where I think the the the, the the big or the more important thing would be the decision making that I think Burrow is much better than uh, Josh Allen in that aspect. Yeah, J- just one more point um, that I think is important for the Burrow thing because I think people listening to this might be like, okay, well, why wasn't Burrow already ahead of Allen last season then because of the Super Bowl? And I think part of what Burrow showed this season when we saw like as great as the supporting cast as Burrow has, like he has some really good receivers. Earlier in the season, they went down with injuries. Jamar Chase missed some games. He was still really good, like, you know, mid to late in the season. And the decision-making, again, like, that's basically what I was saying without saying decision-making. Ben, you just said it. But that's that's why he's better, is the decision-making. And he did show, even without uh, great receivers in certain games, that he still can be really good. So I think that's why he's elevated. I think last year I had him at six, and he definitely got better this season. And, and now I have him second. 
Yeah, I also think, like, if you look at the Bengals, there was a point in time this year where, and, like, I still believe this. I don't know, Ben, if you would go out on this, though. I don't even think it's that crazy to say. The Bengals were the best team in the NFL at a point in time this year. For, like, a decent margin of the season, they went on, like, a 9- or 10-game win streak. 12. Um, Let's try that. 12. And a lot of those games weren't even that close. Honestly, Ben, maybe I'm wrong. The team that gave them the biggest trouble was the Ravens, who weren't even, like, close to health. Uh, Which, like, maybe that's not a good thing because they're in the division, but I feel like they weren't. They just beat everyone. It's not like they didn't play good teams, too. They played good talent. You know, I feel like a lot of the things that we talked about last year, Ben, where I was like, they got lucky because of this, this, and this. They just, this year came out, got better, and proved me wrong. And I think, you know, like, ultimately, that just is what it is. You know, is that, like, that crazy to say? Like, I just feel like that's the best way to describe it. No, that's accurate, but, I mean, we don't need to get into that. This is quarterback rankings. All right, fair enough. All right, so I just don't want to spend another two. hour do, talking about that. Like it doesn't, it's not it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's fair enough. Um, let's go to our second tier because I felt really comfortable with my second tier. I feel like when I hit the third tier is when I started to get a little more, you know, like questionable uh, with my decisions. The second tier, though, I felt really confident with a lot of the players that I had on here, and you had some of them at vastly different ratings. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. My second tier consisted at number four, I had Justin Herbert. Number five, I have Lamar Jackson. Number six, I have Trevor Lawrence. Number seven, I have Jalen Hurts. And number eight, I have Tua Tagovailoa. So I have five players in my second tier. I thought all of these players have a distinct advantage over my third tier. I thought this was like the big break where I think I think the third tier is way closer to the fourth tier than they are the second tier of my players that I have listed here. So who do you have in your second tier, Trevor? Yeah, so I only have three quarterbacks in my in my second tier. Uh, it's going to be Justin Herbert at number four, Lamar Jackson at number five, and Jalen Hurts at number six. Um, Herbert was kind of the not clear number four, but I think like I think if Lamar would have played the whole season, he would have had a chance to be number four. Um, but injuries are a factor, and that's you know I think it, it hurts Lamar because you you kind of now have to look at it and look at the injury history and be like, man, this is kind of a it makes it slightly more risky to like bet on Lamar to win you a Super Bowl solely because of the injuries. But I think as far as um, uh, playing the quarterback position, Lamar has been really good. He had another good season when he played this season in the games. I mean, the Ravens were, you know, they won most of their games, as you always like to mention. Lamar was really good, uh, not just as a runner, but as a passer. He had some more good games. Um, and I think in, in games he, he played this year, and almost seen, I think he played better than he did last year, definitively, looking at the stats, um, you know, passing in particular. I think last year he had like, I think it was like 16 touchdowns, 13 receptions. This season, he, it was whatever the mark was. I don't know off the top of my head. It was definitely better than that. Um, he was more accurate as a passer. And just like, there, there were certain games, I think it was like, uh, I don't know, if it was, I forget what game it was, but there were a couple games early in the season when I was watching, I was like, I think Lamar's improving as a passer. I really do. Um, continuing to improve. So that's just why it was so unfortunate when he went out. Um, but Herbert's at number four. Um, again, Herbert just, again, it's kind of like the arm talent thing with her, with Allen again, but Herbert still doesn't have like, like he has really good games. You know, he's had a lot of good games in the regular season. Obviously this season, you know, he had, uh, you know, other players from the team that were hurt, receivers, uh, players on the defense. He was hurt, I think a little bit. Um, but Justin Herbert, when you look at like, for example, and again, it's just one game, but the Jaguars game, they have the big lead. And in the second half, what did, what did they score in the second half? They scored like less than, less than 10 points. I think they scored hardly any points. Um, and I get that like the defense is the defense is the main blame, the chargers defense. And I think coaching as well, but 
Justin Herbert in the Chargers offense, why didn't you score more points? Why did you lose that game to the Jaguars? I think it has to be pointed out. I mean, I think that's, you know, a big reason. He hasn't had like a big playoff win. Um, well, he's had no playoff wins. Um, and that's why he can't be considered in the same tier as the top three guys because he, he doesn't have anything like that. He doesn't have uh, a big performance. Um, and then Jalen Hurts at six. Him and him and Lamar, I think, are pretty close. And I get, like, Jalen Hurts was awesome. He almost won MVP. He almost won the Super Bowl. Um, if it wasn't for his defense, just getting, like, literally, Philly defense, get one stop, one stop in the entire second half, just get one. Um, and Jalen Hurts would be a Super Bowl champion. But ultimately, I still think Lamar is um, a better quarterback. We have more evidence of it. This was Jalen Hurts' first great season. Lamar has had a few really good seasons. And I still trust Lamar a little bit more. You know, it's close. And if you have Hurts above Lamar, I get it because of this season. But I still trust Lamar a little bit more. Yeah, so a couple things I want to talk about. Let's talk about Herbert first. Um, Herbert has had some of the most unfortunate circumstances this past season um, as a quarterback talent. Um, Not only has he been injured, his two best receivers, which he has great talent at the receiver position, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they played together only four games this season. Um, so they were drastically injured. The game that you mentioned, the Chargers and Jags, uh, Keenan Allen didn't play that game, and Mike Williams got hurt on his first catch. He had one catch for 15 yards. So that's the reason they didn't score more points. To pat that on more, they abandoned the run super early, so Austin Eckler only had four touches rushing the ball. So, I mean, that's the reason you lose those games. But someone that is in my second tier is a player that they lost to, and that is Trevor Lawrence, who had a phenomenal game that year, or that game. I think Trevor Lawrence is so darn good. After the Ravens game is what really, really proved it to me. And the Ravens were a little bit banged up that game, but I don't want to use that as an excuse. I think Trevor Lawrence has played at a phenomenal game. And as you look really into his stats and look more at his advanced stats of like how accurate of a passer he is, with the weapons that he's throwing to, he's throwing to Zay Jones. I mean, he's not throwing to anyone over there. And he had as good of a season as he did. I'm pretty surprised you didn't have him higher up than than where you had him. And you don't even have him that low on your list. I'll let you talk about it. But I think Trevor Lawrence has the ability to to like breach into that like top five region very very easily. Herbert, you know, if we go back to him, he had just a ton of injuries the entire year to specifically his pass catchers. Um, a lot of the pass catchers missed a lot of games, and I think it's that was just a hard obstacle to to you know get over there was just too many injuries amongst uh his pass catchers to have like consistency um and i I just think it was really really tough uh for really frankly anyone to get like a a grasp on that season um the defense had a lot of injuries too and we had uh not great coaching going on over there as they did get a new coach um so i think herbert his rating for me mostly is based off of the talent that we see on the field i think he's so 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 talented um, and I, I, I definitely don't think he's that close to that, you know, first tier, but I think he definitely headlines the second tier. When yeah. we look at Lamar Jackson, we've talked about injuries. I don't think it's that getting injured is a big deal. I think it's that he's consistently getting injured now. We now have two seasons of him getting injured at the end of the season, then not finishing out the season. There was a playoff game that reportedly he could have played in. Um, based on, like, the Twitter doctors, and he did not. He didn't even travel with the team that game. Now we're starting to have questions of, 
you know, his, uh, you know, ability to complete a season. And that's where I, I think it was tough for me to find his rating. In terms of talent, he's, he's so high in the league in terms of, you know, unique talent. But it's tough to understand where to put him when he's not finishing seasons. When he plays this past season, the Rams are 8-2. and two. I mean, they, 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 they could beat almost anyone. You look at the final Bengals games in the playoff, I mean, the Ravens outplayed the Bengals. They should have won that game. They have Lamar Jackson. They probably win that game. So I, I think you look at Lamar Jackson's talent and his ability on the Ravens is very, very, very high. Um, but it's tough to figure out where to rate him. I definitely had trouble rating him. Yeah. You talked about Jalen Hurts in this tier. Um, and, you know, not putting him over Lamar Jackson. I think if we have one more Hurts season that's similar to this one, which I'm saying I don't think that it'll happen. I think Hurts is really good. He's a good franchise quarterback. He's going to be there a long time. He's not as good as Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to be tougher to replicate what we just saw this this season that we just had. Um, you know, he has a lot of very, very good weapons around him, and the Eagles are not going to be able to keep everyone. It's just inevitable. They're going to get objectively worse. How they are going to able to, um, you know, you know, interact with that adversity is going to be very telling to Hurts and the Eagles themselves. I'm prepared to put Hurts higher than Jackson if he has another very consistent mm-hmm. season. They make another deep run in the playoffs. I'm not saying they need to make a Super Bowl. But I, you give me a little more consistency. I'm cool putting Hurts higher than Jackson, but it's just not there yet. I don't see it yet. Yeah. In terms of Tua and Lawrence, I can't believe you had them as low as you did. Uh-huh. When those guys are playing, especially Tua when he was healthy, Tua beat the Chiefs. They beat the Ravens by a ton. Um, I, I, I think they beat the Bills. Tua was amazing when he played this year. So that wrapped up my, my second tier and why so- I had the, those guys there. Yeah, so so that's where that's where I have to uh, say that I I really disagree. Uh, the the Lawrence thing I I won't I won't waste my time on again. I I it's not like we were that different. He was really good. I I think I need a little bit more evidence to put him at six, but I'm fine with that. Uh, Tua, I have a pretty big problem with you putting him at number eight. Was it was that the la- uh, the end of your tier? Was Tua at number eight? Um, yes. He's yeah. the, the bottom of my tier two. So I, I have a problem with the two one because again, this is this is really the first season where he's played this well. And I mean his weapons around him, the team he has around him is really good. I mean, Skyler Thompson in the one playoff game, that Dolphins offense still put up thirty one points, almost beat the Bills. And this was the first season. And it's not like I mean, to it, sure, he had a good season, like twenty five touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, but it's not like I don't know, it's not like anything crazy. It's not like like there's another guy we'll talk about, Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith argued. I think Geno Smith did have a better season than Tua, but then like completion percentage only 65. I mean, compared to some of these other guys, for example, like in my next tier, I have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who both have a lot more evidence of previous seasons of like, just in terms of trust. I think this season we're better than Tua. I think this season, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers were probably better than Tua, arguably. It's close, but they probably were. And Tua definitely had better circumstances than both of those guys, I think. Um, had a better O-line than, than certainly the Bucks, but probably Aaron Rodgers as well. And obviously Aaron Rodgers, really no good receivers when Tua has Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. So I think having Tua below, again, I have Tua a lot lower than you. And I think having him below guys like Brady, Rodgers, Dak Prescott, I'll say those three in particular, having him lower than Brady, Rodgers, and Dak Prescott is pretty wild, I would say. So, let me make a good counter-argument here. First of all, uh, circumstances, definitely a lot better. I can get down with that. That's the only argument I can get down with that you made here. Better than Brady and Rodgers, it's not even marginally close. He had a way better season than those guys. Way better. 
let's really dive into the stats. First of all, he had a way higher quarterback rating and QBR than both of them. His quarterback rating was top five in the league. When he played, he was fabulous. He only played in 13 games this year, so you're discounting. You're like, oh, he only had 25 touchdowns and interceptions. He was concussed for, like, half the season. He played with a concussion. He had two concussions, two separate concussions in this season, and still put up 25 touchdowns. He played four games less, four games less than um, Brady and Rodgers. I think they both played the full season. Am I correct? I, I think they both played the full season. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Brady had the same number of touchdowns and interceptions on, like, what, 230? No, 330 more throws. He had 300-plus more throws than Tua Tagovailoa had. Um, he, had, I mean, he had a slightly better completion percentage. I'm down with that. I can get down with that. His yards per attempt was way lower. His accuracy ratings were way lower. Let's. I mean, we can look at Aaron Rodgers. Let me find Aaron Rodgers' stats on here. Um, Aaron Rodgers had 26 touchdowns and 12 picks. He threw 150 more passes than Tua did. So while they had very similar stats, he played four less games, and he completed hundreds of attempts less than both of them. He had better quarterback ratings. He had better QBRs than them. He, he just had a significantly better season. If you look at their records, Tua was 8-5 and five when he played. When he didn't play, when Tua didn't play, they had... What were they? I'm trying to look at the record. What were they? Nine and whatever, right? They were nine and eight. Nine and eight. So they went one and three without him. And with him, they were eight and five. He had significantly better winning uh, stats than both Brady and Rodgers this year. However, I can get behind the talent debate. But the issue with the talent debate is for the next three years of his career, at least two, two, oh no, no, it is three because this is Waddle's second year. For the next three years of his career, he's going to have both those guys with him. If you look at Tua's stats over the past three seasons, he has consistently improved his stats over the three seasons. First year, he won six games. Next year, seven. This past year, eight. Now, I know Ben's going to be over here like, winning isn't a quarterback stat. Fine. Touchdowns over those seasons, 11, 16, 25. His touchdown percentage over those seasons, 4%, 4.1%, 6.3%. His interceptions went from five, which he only played in 10 games, to 10, now down to eight. His yards per attempt went from six and a half to almost seven to now almost nine, which was a league high. His quarterback rating, 87 to 90 to 105. He is going to get better as he plays with this talent that he's going to have for three more years. So I think discrediting Bass's talent, yeah, his talent got way better, and that definitely helped him improve, but he's going to keep on improving as a passer because he has this talent around him. And especially if he can get a fully healthy season, Tua's potential is insane. He has the potential to be a top five quarterback in this league, mm-hmm. currently set at his standard or at his conditions that he has there. He actually has stability. The coach just got signed. They have this core around him that's really good. Um, in terms of pass catchers, his line was also really good, and a lot of those guys are signed long term. So I I have a lot of faith in, in Tua keeping up that level of play when he played. To say that he was on the same level as Brady and Lawrence is crazy. Absolutely insane. He was bold. I mean, he them. passed way less than them and played way less games and had very similar stats to those guys. So that's an insane thing to say. <laughs> no, but but also, because you're kind of talking about potential now, which I, did, I didn't really consider much. I mean, and also you're like saying his players, like, that the, the, he'll, he'll have him for the next three years. That's irrelevant to this, to my, to the way I uh, basically consider this. But I don't know, I, I had two away lower. Again, it's really one season of good play. He was good, for sure. He definitely improved a lot. Um, but putting him number eight, I, I just think it's too high. I didn't even mention the injury concerns with Tua. 
um, which I think is something to consider as well. And the fact that, you know, a lot of Miami fans um, openly talk about, you know, potentially wanting Aaron Rodgers to come to their team this offseason, um, which I don't agree with, by the way. But I'm just saying it's Miami Dolphins fans that are, you know, some of the, some of the so, Miami Dolphins fans have those opinions. So wasn't your criteria like who you would rather have to win a Super Bowl? And then you just said you'd rather have Tua than Rodgers. Essentially. No, 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 it's a different argument because in this in this QB rankings, we're saying basically one season, who do I trust more to help me? Whereas Aaron Rodgers is 39. If we're saying five seasons, it's Tua. If we're saying one season, it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I'm not taking one season of Aaron Rodgers over five, eight, ten seasons of Tua. Like, I, I think if you were to sign one of them now and you're just like, I'm starting a franchise, because it's tough to, like, individually be like, there's one season. If I'm like, I'm starting a franchise, I'm taking two over both Brady and Rodgers easily. Well, it's yeah, not even, like, yes, a, a for close sure. Comparison. That, that's not, that's not my, that's irrelevant, though, to my, how my. But even is. if you were to break it down, like, break it down just by their stats last year, I mean, their stats weren't even close. They were very. They were basically the same stats, except but that two played, played less games. One played four less games. And Brady probably had almost two thousand more yards because he had to carry the offense. Yeah, but yards no are, yards are just directly correlated to play time. They had very similar touchdown and, and interception numbers and correlated in less games. to and correlated to usage because he had to carry the offense because they had no running game. I don't know that. I I think the stats the stats show that's not even. What do you think, Ben? Here, what what, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I mean, I think. We were a year, like a year ago at this point, half of Miami's fan base wanted to have gone. Um, now he had, yeah, he played, did. he played great. I'll give him that, but he was hurt. Like, I don't, I, again, I don't really know what his potential is. I think the bigger story here is that you two put Tom Brady on this list. who's not even in the NFL anymore. I don't know why Tom Brady's on this list. If we're being honest. <laughs> I have no idea why well, I did personally, Trevor, I'm confused why you did. I did. I, well, I know why you did. Cause you like Tom Brady, but it, it seemed like I did mine just off each team starting quarterback from last year. So I picked one quarterback from each team. Oh no! I I why well, I asked you earlier in the week. I was I was like, are we putting Brady? And I think you said yes, or I don't know. But I was like, if if you're putting Brady, I will. But I'm also cool with leaving him off the list. I just included. Yeah, him I mean, I just based on my criteria, it was the one starting quarterback for every team. Okay, that's that's why that's why. Yeah. I Brady. But let's get to our third tier. My third tier is quite small. Um, I, I had a really small third tier. My third tier consists entirely of Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, and Tom Brady. This is what I call the unicorn tier. Um, and I, I'll let you. What's what's your third tier here? Let's let's hear yours before I. Yeah. So my third tier: uh, Tom Brady at number seven, Aaron Rodgers at number eight, Trevor Lawrence nine, and Dak Prescott number ten. So my third tier. The, why I call this the unicorn tier? This tier is kind of in a weird realm. I don't think any of these guys are that close to the second tier. But they're also not close to the fourth tier. I think the fourth tier was a decent step down. Rodgers and Brady were tough to rate because they're, especially Brady is at the end of his career and obviously he re- he's retiring. Neither one had like a good season. They also didn't have bad seasons. And they both had like some not great stuff happen to them. Both their teams also weren't great. I think the main difference and why I put Rodgers ahead, Rodgers is younger, number one. I think there's more potential for him moving forward. And number two, I think that his team was... They were just better than the Bucks, uh, especially towards the end of the year. The Bucks, the Bucks only made the playoffs because they're in an awful division. Uh, the The Packers are in a really good division, and they almost made the playoffs. Um, so I'm not like knocking the Bucks per se for that, but I just think that's more of a plus for the, the for Rodgers and the Packers. Rodgers also had negative weapons on that offense. He had Aaron Jones, which is nice, 
Uh, Aaron Jones isn't really a pass catcher, so that's doesn't really help Rodgers per se. Um, I mean, Rodgers was throwing to, to multiple rookies. It was a mess over there in terms of throwing. He had one of the worst coaches in the NFL um, who, I, I mean, it's historically very rare to get fired after one season. Um, and obviously, whoever they had was Nathaniel Hackett, right, Ben? No, it was Broncos coach. The Broncos. Who was the the Packers coach? Whoever the Packers coach was terrible. Uh, um, yeah, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Matt with um, Matt with so, Fleur. With Fleur. Yeah. With Fleur. He's so, been there for years. Yeah, though. I think. Oh, then I was thinking of Hackett. My fault. My fault. My fault. Um, but nevertheless, I I think Rodgers has like just you know half my rating was on like potential outlook. I would put Rodgers above that. Geno Smith though is the big question mark. It was really tough to rate Geno, uh, and Trevor. I'd imagine you had similar issues rating Geno Smith. We basically have never seen Geno Smith play outside of his rookie season with the Jets in 2014, almost 10 years ago. We got Tua, or not Tua, we got Geno on this team that didn't have high standards. They were not projected to do good. I wonder what, if we were able to, like, find what we, like, how good we thought they were going to do. I, I probably thought they'd win, like, six games. They were not supposed to be good. Um, and they ended up being one of, like, the big surprises of the league. Geno Smith ended up having an MVP level season. Um, I don't remember what uh, he came in the MVP voting. I'll find it in a second. He came uh, in, in I don't. It doesn't say here. He did definitely got votes. He had forty three hundred yards. He had thirty touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Um, he had an excellent QBR, uh, quarterback rating. Um, he threw almost six hundred passes a lot. They had a winning record. He had seventy percent completion percentage. I mean, he played all 17 games. He he had a really good year. He won Comeback Player of the Year. Gino was really hard to rate. Based on how I was doing it, based on their past season, I had to rate him high. He had one of the best seasons out of any quarterback in the league. Um, but in terms of potential, you know, you look at someone like Gino Smith versus Dak Prescott, Trevor. I mean, who would you rather have on your team, right? Like, I, I feel like we would all say Dak Prescott, but I think it's not quite that easy. We haven't seen Geno play in so long. So it's really tough for me to rate Geno Smith here. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say on Geno Smith. I don't know if this was your third tier per se. I think you had different players in your third tier, so I think you'll get to Geno eventually. But who yeah. was in your third tier, Trevor? Yeah, so it was it was Brady, Brady 7, Rodgers 8, Lawrence 9, Prescott 10. Um, you already said the Lawrence stuff. I, I you know, I, I don't I don't need to go into it. Um, but I, I mean, I think nine's pretty high for him. Um, but he played really well, you know, he showed a lot, um, throughout the season, got a lot better. I think that's going to continue. Um, the Brady Rogers thing, uh, they both got, I mean, they both obviously took steps back. Um, obviously they both had other situations around them, both got worse. Brady mainly with the O line, but you can argue coaching as well. You can argue the running game as well. Rogers receivers, um, the coach, you know, it, it, it's both. So they both definitely came down. Um, part of me still ranking them this high over some of these other guys. Again, you could debate, like, if you don't have Trevor Lawrence above Brady or Rodgers because of how this season went and what we saw, that's fine. If you don't have I, Dak I Prescott above either of those guys, that's fine. Actually, I had Dak Prescott, um, ahead of, uh, all three of those guys. I had him at number seven until oh, I saw, crazy. until I saw the 49ers game, <laughs> which Dak Prescott was terrible in. He, One it game was a, it, changed that for you? Yeah, it, it changed him because this is this is the tier, and these four players are all very close. So yeah, Dak Prescott, I would have had him at the top of the tier at seven for the Niners game because it's so weird. Dak Prescott, he literally, you know, and he had uh, an up and down season, obviously through a decent amount of interceptions, but also looked good at times. And then he gets to the playoffs. He has one of the best games, if not the best game, of his career against Tampa. He looks awesome. He's flawless, like no mistakes, really good. And when you see a game like that, you're like, 
yeah, this is why this is why Dak is thought of as like he's really good. Like this is why um, you hear people talk about how good Dak is, and then the following game, literally next week, it's the complete opposite, and he wets the bed. He kind of loses the game for Dallas. I mean, they should have beaten San Francisco. They were on paper going out of the game. I think I picked them to beat, or I don't know if I picked them or not, but on paper, they seemed like the better team. And they, you know, over and over again, Dak had multiple drives in a row, opportunities to score touchdowns, get in field goal range, whatever. He didn't do it. He kind of wet the bed. So I had to lower him. However, we still have a decent amount of evidence. Again, like my next tier that I'm going to have up, compared to all of those guys, um, that I'll talk about, like Dak, there's more evidence from previous seasons. He still was overall really good. This season still made the playoffs, still had a really good game against Tampa, and overall was, you know, just pretty pretty solid despite the mistakes. Um, and Dak, again, he's going to be talked about a lot because he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, right? But I think I still had to include him in this tier. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts. Again, with, with your tier, like, you know, I already mentioned, like, we, we don't have to talk anymore about the two stuff, the Geno stuff. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I don't think it's right to have him above Brady, but personally, but again, it's, you know, it's fine. Geno was really good this year. I like Geno a lot. I, I kind of liked him a lot. I kind of liked him last year. I was like, this guy's a backup. I don't know. I think he should be given a shot. And we saw with this season, I think we just got to talk about or acknowledge how crazy it is that Russell Wilson left the Seahawks. They were projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, went four or five games. And then Geno Smith was a noticeable upgrade. Their fr- Russell Wilson was their franchise quarterback. They go to the backup, Geno Smith, who has really done nothing in NFL up until this point. And he just lights it up and is amazing. He was amazing this season. And uh, I, I enjoyed watching him. Yeah, all right. So I got a couple thoughts here. Um, under your criteria with Trevor Lawrence, under like your criteria, I would take him over Brady and Rodgers. Like 100%. If I wanted to win a Super Bowl next year, I'm taking him over both those guys. Lawrence looked so good this year that it seems like if he was put in a good situation, he's going to win a Super Bowl. Now, the Jags are not a good situation, so we'll see how that you know turns out. Dak Prescott had a relatively bad year. In fact, I think it's the worst year of his career. So it's interesting that you like had him where he was, like where you placed him. I, he definitely, like, for me, like, was an easy drop-down. I mean, he had the most picks in his career. He had the highest interception rate. Um, this is his second year in... His second time in three years where we now can, like, play the injury card. Where, like, the injuries are actually a concern for him. He's gotten two pretty big injuries in the middle of seasons, um, which is a very, very big deal. He had the lowest completion percentage in his career since 2019, um, he threw the lowest amount of touchdowns since 2018 in his career. I, I'm taking out 2020 because he only played five games. Um, and his interception percentage was way higher. I think objectively he had a really, really bad season. And also, I think you don't look often at their situations. The situations for Dallas is terrible. They do not have cap room. They don't know what to do with Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott, they have to extend in some way, which is going to be this massive contract for a contract he's just not worth. I just think objectively his conditions got way worse. He did play perfect in that Buccaneers game. That is probably the best game he's had in his entire career. But I'm not rating him based off one game. That's crazy. And I think just the same for how he played in that Niners game. I'm definitely not rating him for just those couple games. I think if you look at his career outlook as a whole, it is definitely on the downturn. I think it's pretty nuts to to have him as a top 10 quarterback at this point in his career where he's playing at the worst point in his career with and he's only going to have worse weapons moving forward 
I think the outlook for him is is pretty pretty low, and that's why he's in my fourth. He's in my next tier, my fourth tier, which I don't think is that close to the third tier. I'm surprised that you, at a point in time, had him over Brady and Rodgers. I would definitely take both of those guys. Under your criteria, I would definitely take both of those guys, which you did end up changing it. Um, But it's crazy to me you changed it after just one game. I would easily take Brady or Rodgers for a single season over Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's shown no ability to win big games. Um, ever well, uh, he beat the yeah. he beat the Buccaneers this year who were a bad team they they had they weren't a good team um, the, the 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 Cowboys were projected to win that game they won like five more games than them I, I he's shown no potential to win big games I would not have him under your criteria tenth at all yeah well I mean he, he showed the potential because he won the Tampa game but I, I think but the Tampa game's not an impressive game they were projected to win that <laughs> it was game. a pl- it was a playoff game. The, ba- a, the Bucks were bad. They were bad. They they was, shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Uh, it, was, it was a playoff game, and and also like I think that it's part of the thing of like the, the guys below them. There's just uh, there's reasons I could go through of like why I couldn't quite put any of those guys below him. You know, um, ultimately. Uh, but th- that's pretty much it on this tier with with the Lawrence thing below Brady and Rogers. Ultimately, like the the reason Brady the biggest reason I think Brady and Rogers I had ahead of him is because this was, well, number one, this was Lawrence's first year being really good. But also, the at-the-line adjustments, the the IQ of just, like, you know, knowing knowing how this works and, and knowing how to go through progressions and but how is that uh, measured? call audibles at the line. What do you mean, how is it measured? Like, how is that measured? Like, you're it's just saying that those guys are by watching them older, play. pretty much. No, it's not. That- Matt Ryan, like, I want to say not, that about... That's not, like, a measurable thing. Like, what if Lawrence was great at doing that? We have no way to measure it. By and watching Lawrence them play. is often like regarded as like one of the highest IQ prospects coming out of college. No, but I'm saying that's why he was compared to John right, right. For sure, I I agree. But I'm saying by watching them play, just Brady does certain things like at the line and making adjustments and seeing things on the defense that you know uh, most other quarterbacks, even at age 45, can't like can't do. You know, and Rodgers, I think it's kind of the same thing. So that's that's part of. The I I agree. Can, those guys do it, next but year, I... though. We're, it's almost an hour. Okay, yeah, let's keep on moving then. Let's keep on moving. Let's go to the fourth tier. We can rush through these a little quicker. Uh, I think there's a little bit less to talk about in these. My fourth tier was actually a pretty big tier. I think I had seven guys in this tier. This tier to me, Trevor, is... I I feel like this tier are guys that are solid. You know, are they going to win you a, a championship? Probably not, but I, I like all these guys. Like, I think all of them are good. Some of which, you know, maybe they can get there. Like, I have Justin Fields in this. Uh, he's my 17th quarterback. You know, could he get there? Maybe. I haven't seen quite enough, but he did make improvements. So my fourth tier, I have Kyler Murray at 12, Jared Goff at 13, Dak Prescott at 14, Jimmy Garoppolo at 15, 16 was Derek Carr, 17 Justin Fields, and 18 I have as Daniel Jones. Okay. Yeah, so I don't even, my, my tier is like too big. I, I didn't even know where to make the cutoff, to be honest. Um, but you know, just some of my next guys, like I had Kirk Cousins at 11, Geno Smith, 12, Jared Goff, 13, Kyler Murray, 14, and I'll sub it at Tua, Tua at 15. I think we could, I'll just, I don't know, make the arbitrary cutoff there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that kind of stands out to me, and I I guess I'll just wait for you to get to Kirk Cousins, but, um, I I think it's our discrepancy on where we have Kirk Cousins, because obviously we have him in very different places. And Kirk Cousins, you know, he still had, like, I get, like, he has the talent around him and stuff like that, but they had a really, the Vikings had a really good season. Kirk Cousins did play really well. His, like, his number is 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. It's not amazing, but it's pretty good. He had, you know, a couple game-winning drives. Like, he played well in fourth quarters, 
and I think the narrative of like Kirk Cousins just completely like uh, making but making mistakes at every turn, like some of it's a little like not totally true. Like he's actually like pretty good. I'm again, I'm eleven. I don't have him five, so I'm not saying he's some amazing quarterback. But I don't know. I just think sometimes like Kirk Cousins is one of the quarterbacks similar to Dak Prescott, who you know the the people on TV like to criticize more heavily than, than other guys, uh, frankly, um, like a Kyler Murray, for example, I don't, I don't see Kyler Murray getting nearly as much criticism as like a Dak Prescott or a Kirk cousins. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, it looks like our rankings are somewhat similar. I think the biggest disagreement with me, other than you simply not having Kirk cousins is Jimmy Garoppolo. You have him at 15. I think that's very high to be honest. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo in that Niners offense, which is, pretty much the best situation you could possibly have around you. Um, we've seen other quarterbacks also be really good in that system. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo at this stage of his career just isn't really all that great, to be honest. So, yeah, let's let's go through some of that. I think, uh, like, if you look at someone like Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins was on a team that should have excelled a lot, and they won a lot of games. They did win a lot of games. However, all of their losses were because of Kirk Cousins. He had the second most picks in the league at 14. His QBR was 92.5, which just for understanding is lower. His QBR and quarterback rating is lower than Ryan Tannehill's, um, which not good uh, at all. It's also lower than Daniel Jones. Um, so I, I think that he's much more comparable to those types of players. He did throw a lot of touchdowns for sure, and I think that is a positive for him. Um, but he also is in an offense that is a passing first offense. Kevin O'Connell runs this very pass heavy offense. We just saw it with the Rams with Stafford. We saw it here, uh, with Minnesota. And we also see Minnesota now like having this decision where they're like, we don't want to keep cousins. Like they are now like, we need to get rid of cousins. (laughs) So I think cousins has shown that he is a very, very, very mediocre quarterback. And I think this year he was the person that really held their team back. Um, so much so where I dropped him a lot. Last year I had him at 13, right around the middle. I think this year showed that he can take a good team, like a really good team, and make them worse by his play. Um, so he dropped very, very far for me. There was a lot of games that he played that, especially the ones that they lost, that he was the direct reason they lost. If they had a mediocre quarterback, they would have won. This honestly to me sounds a lot like the Baker Mayfield debate, where it's just like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's fine, but like, there's games where they lose that Baker just throws so hard, and it's like if they have a quarterback that's just mediocre, they win those games. I think that's kind of a good comparison. Garoppolo, the reason I put him where I put him, I was thinking I was like, if I look at the quarterbacks that are on it, I'm like Derek Carr. Um, like those guys are close in in kind of everything. Um, you know, in terms of like their their careers, obviously Derek Carr's played and started way more. Uh, but when Garoppolo starts, he plays He plays kind of the same. Like, Derek Carr's never done, like, any great successes or anything like that. So I was thinking, I was like, who would I rather have, Garoppolo or Derek Carr? And I think, Ben, I think I asked you, I was like, who would you rather have, Garoppolo or Derek Carr? Right? Didn't I ask you that before the podcast? I think I did. It was Garoppolo and Russell Wilson, but yeah. Oh, I thought I asked Carr. But, like, I thought to myself, I was like, who would I rather have, Garoppolo or Derek Carr? And I was like, I feel like I'd, I'd rather have Garoppolo. And then I looked at Dak Prescott, and I was like, who would I rather have, Prescott or Garoppolo? And I was like, I'd rather have Prescott. So that's kind of where I think he kind of went in. I think 15th is reasonable for him because I think he's an average quarterback. I think he's right around the middle of the starters. And again, I rated only the starters. 
Um, but like, for example, like on your ratings, Trevor, you have Deshaun Watson over Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know. Watson was horrendous and he hasn't played in two years. Um, you have Russell Wilson over Jimmy Garoppolo. I, and I, just like I said, I asked Trevor, I was like, who would I rather, I'd much rather have Garoppolo than, than Wilson, 100%. Um, so I think out of, you know, the main concerns that you had, uh, those are kind of the, the main things to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it. Um, only other thing we, and we can go to the next tier. Uh, just acknowledging um, how awesome Jared Goff was. Just really, just like he was awesome. Yeah, Jared we, Goff we was great. Very high. We both had him at 13. Yeah. He, he had awesome. an awesome, awesome season. Again, like I think his potential was very, very capped. And I think of like the player that he could be, I don't see him getting much better than where he's at. Um, You know, maybe he can chuck up some more stats, but I feel like in his position in quarterbacks amongst the league, this is kind of where he is. Like, I feel like we have pretty good agreement on that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, For sure. Let's go to our fifth tier here. Fifth tier, I have, um, if I count correct, five in my fifth tier. At 19, I have Ryan Tannehill. 20, I have Matt Stafford. 21, I have Kenny Pickett. 22, I have Kirk Cousins. And 23, I have Russell Wilson. For the most part, this tier is not good. Kenny Pickett is the only difference in this tier for me. Um, And Kenny Pickett, his first, like, four games were absolutely atrocious. He sucked uh, in those games. He was real bad. Um, you know, if you go like his game by game here, his first four games, he had two touchdowns and seven interceptions. Um, his QBR was averaged around, I mean, this is a rough estimation here, like 60 or something. You look at his final five games that he played. He had five touchdowns and one interception. Um, his completion percentage was right around 60%. It wasn't great. Um, he beat the Ravens in Baltimore, 16-13. Granted, the Ravens didn't have a quarterback that game. Uh, but nevertheless, he showed very big improvement on a team that has horrible conditions. So I think this is a tale of two seasons uh, for the Steelers. You know, at the start, he only threw seven touchdowns and he had nine picks. But I feel like the potential that he showed at the end of this season looked really, really good for the outlook on his development. And that was a heavy, heavy uh, you know, part of why I put him where I put him. I think he has the potential to get way, way higher than where I put him, especially with how that outlook looked at the end of the season. And even Kenny Pickett, in the very first Ravens game that was in Pittsburgh, actually was at this game, he got concussed on literally his first throw in the game. Um, so kind of an up-and-down season for him, especially one that he didn't start at the beginning of the year. I think if, with a full season of starting, full training camp for him, throwing with his guys, we're going to see a very solid season coming forward from Kenny Pickett. Um, and I'm actually excited to see what he is. I hope he's not good um, at all because, you know, Steelers. But I, I think you're way low on him looking at his, you know, his last five games versus his first, you know, however many four games were a drastically different story. Yeah. Um, so so I'll do I'll do my tier. Um, at 16, yep. I had Matthew Stafford, 17, Daniel Jones, 18, Derek Carr, 19, Ryan Tannehill, and 20, Justin Fields. Um I, I kind of well, I want I wanted to talk about Daniel Jones going into this podcast. We actually pretty much agreed on Daniel Jones. You had him at eighteen, I had him at seventeen. I thought he was really good, um, especially the way he ended this season um, and into the he playoffs. A lot. He had like a really good playoff game uh, against Minnesota, so he he improved a lot this season and continued to improve throughout the season. He really peaked right at the end there, and it's gonna be interesting to see if that can continue next season. The Giants obviously had a really surprising and you know good season, obviously with. Uh, Brian Dayball coming in as coach. So that was impressive. Um, what else could we go here? I mean, I don't know. Some of these guys, it's like whatever, like Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. They can go in either way. Their order. outlooks are very murky um, too. 
Yeah, their outlooks are very murky. Um, they they are kind of disposable. You know, obviously there's a lot of rumors like could Aaron Rodgers go to Las Vegas to replace Carr? I don't know. So a lot of that stuff's disposable. Um, the picket thing, I I don't really want to spend much more time on it because I I've, I'm surprised we're even talking about them in this podcast. Uh, to be honest, I don't think his numbers are that good. I mean, okay, he had five touchdowns and one interception. But I'm looking at the, some of the box scores of that game. Again, it's not like I'm watching the Steelers much. You certainly probably watch them more than me. But, you know, his stats don't look good at all. Um, you know, in those games, I mean, they scored, what, 13 points against the Ravens. I mean, you know, they scored 28 points against the Browns, but he had like 44% completion percentage. I don't know. It's not impressive to me, but that's that's kind of pretty much it in this tier. Um, the only other, Justin Fields, I had at 20. Um, I thought he took a big jump up, um, and I think he could again next season. But the Bears got to get some help around him, um, to say the least. Yeah, I I think we'll say Pickett next time this year. We're going to sing a very different story, which is unfortunate. I don't want the Steelers to do good. Um, let's move on. Let's wrap it up here. Um, my sixth and seventh tier, the seventh tier you're not going to hear about today. Um, we'll probably post these ratings somewhere so you guys can see it. You can see my seventh tier. My sixth and seventh tier, I think, are just not good players. Um, the only thing that differ- differentiates them, I think the seventh tier are, like, not good starters, like, very well could be replaced. And the sixth tier are guys that I think could start but are very much at the the bottom of the barrel. My sixth tier, um, and there's only two left in our top 25, is Mac Jones and Sam Darnold. Um, if we want to talk about it, my sixth tier, it continues with Mariota and Deshaun Watson. Uh, those are 26 and 27. Um, but in terms of the top 25, Mac Jones and Sam Darnold, not a lot to talk about these guys. I think Mac Jones ap- absolutely is horrible. Um, and Sam Darnold does not look good. Sorry, Ben. I know this is your uh, doppelganger, but uh, he's not good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sam Darnold. Yeah, not very good. Um, I, you know, so, so my, I'll just, you know, list the rest of my guys. So I had 21 Deshaun Watson, 22 Russell Wilson, 23 Jimmy Garoppolo, 24 Mac Jones, 25 Brock Purdy. Um, the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson thing, they're, they're really like outliers. Like they're kind of, they could be their own tier, I think, just because they both are hard to rate. It's the same, like it's, it's the situation of like, they were awesome, like two or three years ago. They both were basically not really playing. I mean, Russell Wilson played, what, five games last season? I don't remember. Watson played none. Now they come back and they both are bad. So it's like, it's it's almost like the risk of like, do I think, if I'm a coach, do I think I can save them? Do I think I can turn this back in the other direction? We've seen the past performance. Do I think there's still something left? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. So, like, I don't know. You can argue that Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson should be behind the three guys I have below them, you know, you can argue they, they should be behind some of the other guys, like uh, Marcus Mariota, who I didn't have in my top 25, based on what we saw this season. But it's kind of like, past performance, is there something left? They're, they're such outliers. The other three, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, they're all in the same mold. They're all system quarterbacks. If everything's going super well, they'll be good. If everything's going bad, they're not. They're in no way, shape, or form going to lift you up ever. So, they're kind of all in the same tier, and you can kind of adjust them in any way. I'd put Garoppolo at the top because there's more evidence. He's played longer. We've seen it. Purdy just came in for eight games. He was really solid for those eight games. But, you know, it's the only time we've seen him play. Mac Jones, a little you know, a little more evidence than Purdy, I guess, but he wasn't very good this season. So they're kind of all in the same mold. Um, Real quick, I just want to touch on Watson and Wilson. Those guys were very difficult to rate. Watson probably more so because he didn't play for two years and then he came back and he was like the worst quarterback in football. 
So, like, it, it's almost impossible because you know, like, what he's able to do. You know, we've seen him get almost 30 touchdowns in a season, like, 10 picks. Like, he's been good. So, it's it, that's a very, very tough one to write. Same with Wilson, where it's like he had this awful coach and an awful offense. He now has Sean Payton. Um, it's going to be, like, drastically different. So, I think... I think those guys were very, very difficult to, to rank. So th- those those ones were, were very, very tough. Ben, do you want any final thoughts on our top 25 list? You're looking at them. They're on your sheet here. Um, any thoughts? Do you think one of us had a better list? Do you think, you know, one of us had a terrible take? Do you think one of us had a great take? What do you think about our list as we wrap up the pod today? Uh, so my first thought would be, well, whoever had Joe Burrow higher is the better list, but you guys had him even, so that's fair. <laughs> we had him even. Um, my next criteria criteria would be uh, who has the Steelers quarterback the lowest, and that would be Trevor. So Trevor has the better draft. <laughs> I don't even think it's I don't even think it's close. If we're being honest, <laughs> that's reasonable. I actually can get down with that. Um, all right, Trevor. Any final thoughts from you before I wrap up the pod today? Nah, that's about it. I mean, you know, it's always fun. Obviously, it's just like you know, this is this is all fun. It's opinions, and it's it's fun to do. That's why we did it. We've done it the past. This is our third time doing it. So. We'll try yeah. to make this, you know, it's kind of a tradition now. We do it like after every Yearly season. tradition. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. This is definitely a little bit of a long one. We had a fun segment at the end. Um, of course, go check out our website, uh, thesmallballers.com. Um, you can see all of our articles. Trevor, we, we get an NBA article this week? Nah, man. Been busy. Been busy. Been busy. All right. So Hoping no article this week. That's point. okay, though. Uh, plenty of great articles you can go read. You can check out all of our podcasts there. Uh, of course, go subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Um, And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!